buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning and Gary Callagher here from Remax Results. Good afternoon, Mr. Callagher. How are you doing today? Jim, we're doing real good. And I don't know about you, but um, for this time of year, uh, very busy in the real estate community. Yeah. Very busy in the real estate community. And uh, there, there seems to be... Uh, activity you know at, at levels for this time of year that are just there it's not common and so uh, I, I i don't know what to attribute that to but part of me thinks it's the mortgage interest rates part well i i'm convinced that part of it is the mortgage interest rates uh, the cost of money is is so low uh and then i think the other thing too is we had such a busy uh, as we got into June and, and the, the first day home orders were lifted and we just had this market that was incredible, uh, I still think we're seeing the residual from people that weren't able to buy a house because there was so much competition right. and the lack of houses that were in the marketplace. Remember, listings were down, uh, and the last number I looked at was almost 20% from people not listing their houses from what the normals were. And so I still think you're, you're seeing people that want to buy a house, haven't committed to a long-term lease, and they still, uh, so they're still in the marketplace looking. I, what do you think? I, I kind of agree with exactly what you're saying, because I have a few people that did take some time off, you know, um, didn't like the, com- the competitive nature of uh, getting into offer situation where there were maybe four or five offers, you know, on a, on a particular house, and... I think emotionally <clears throat> that gets very hard because what happens is, is you go in these houses um, and I know this from, from buying many of them myself, myself and you go in and you fall in love with these houses. You, you, you mentally move in, you know, um, oh, this is going to be really, this is going to be so fun. This is going to be so cool. And then, and then you get into multiple offer situation and, and you're, you're one of the losers and it's hard to take. It's hard to take over and over, and I, I, I see that emotionally on people. Well, there's been some some interesting stories this week, and I know we have a lot of stuff to talk about with, you know, we're going to be talking about the St. Regis Hotel, uh, which is right above the Cozy Bar, which is owned by the same person that owned the Cozy. You know, they've shut that down. Uh, the United Healthcare facility up off the of Rice Lake Road has, uh, is going to be redeveloped and putting it into uh, some more businesses moving in there. And why is that happening? Uh, but if I'd like to kind of morph into a situation that happened to me this week, and just okay. I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay, cool. So have a closing, and you, you know, prior to closings, we go and we and we do what's called a final walkthrough, right? Yep. If you were told that, and and, and this happens to be a multifamily unit, so it's apartments that there's an outbreak of COVID in that facility, would you go in and do the final walkthrough? Oofta. Uh, and, and you know how important final walkthroughs are. Right, yeah. 
Well, wow, that's a good one. I, I, I guess the safe thing and probably what they would recommend would be to send the buyer through the final walkthrough on their own. <laughs> what if they didn't want to go? I don't know. I don't know the answer. Delay the closing, I guess. I. Wow, yeah. So, so well, give, it, give the right answer. What happened? Uh, here's what we did. And this was a triplex. And, and first of all, I've been, you know, I don't, when I go through showings and meet with people, I haven't been masking up all for the, the duration of, of this COVID stuff. Um, I, I thought you were, I thought you directly. were, I thought you were masking up and no, well, I, I haven't. I, I'm, you know, me, I'm, I'm, an, as I'm an immune system guy and I just, I, so anyways, anyways, but, um, I call the tenants because I have relationships with all the tenants of, the, of my multifamily units and I call them directly. And the one, it seemed like the hotspot in there, I said, what do you guys think? You want us in there? And, and the tenant said, no, we really don't. And I said, well, you know, this is a final walkthrough. It's, it's pretty important that, that somebody that, that they walk through because if something's wrong in, the, in that unit and we don't know about it, this is the time to negotiate it. And he said, we can't. He said, we're all sick. And he said, I can't even get out of bed. And this wow. guy talking to him, you could hear he was pretty sick. Right. And I said, I said, how about this? I said, can you take a video of the place for me and text me over a video? And he said, yes. So then in the meantime, I called the buyer and I said, look, here's what we'll do. We'll go to the property. We'll walk around the outside. We'll go in the basement because there was a separate access into a basement unit and we could get into the basement there. And, and, and that's a really critical area. It's looking at the basement, if anything's, you know, your hot water heaters, your furnaces, all that type of stuff. So the basement is pretty important to see in these places. Uh, and then there was a third level unit. And uh, we had been t- trying to communicate with that tenant. He wasn't getting back to us. And uh, so I, I, I texted him all and I said, hey, we're going to be there, you know, this time on this day. And uh, I walked up the stairs and uh, knocked on his door. And I had the keys to the unit. So I started, and I hear him at the top of the stairs. He goes, I'm coming down. Hang on. Okay. And uh, so he gets down to the door. He opens it up and he's completely masked up. And, and, and in this particular instance, I was masked up. You know, I, okay. I, you get to a point where it's like, well, I'm not going to push the limits off this stuff. And just no, walk who wants it? It's just, you know, so I had a mask and a buff and gloves and a hat <laughs> wow okay and uh and i looked at him i said are you sick he goes i'm at the tail end of it but i didn't have covid it was just i just had flu symptoms and i said okay all right so um and the buyers came and the buyers were all masked up and and, and that was a good thing so we we were able to go in the basement we walked around we looked at the all the the major mechanical things. Then we went in the third floor unit and walked around. We looked in the garage and we, we got a sense that everything was okay, but we never got the video from the tenant. And uh, and I called him and I said, are you gonna send us a video? He said, I can't get out of bed. Oh man, yeah. I don't know what to do. And so we talked to the buyers and the buyers were like, and the buyers had been in the building several times, you know, over the course of the process. And so they were familiar with what, what it was. And, and, and they, they didn't like not being able to go in there, but they they got it, and they didn't want to push the, the, the boundaries of all this stuff. So we got through it. Uh, but then the other thing, Jim, that's going on right now is 
we as the real estate agents, we're, we're not allowed to attend closings anymore. No. We can't go in, with, and it's just the principals, the buyer and the seller. They're the only ones allowed, and they don't even, in most cases, bring those two parties together anymore to where they can you know, talk and chit-chat or whatever. And it was, it was really important to the seller of this building. This was a lady, and her husband and her purchased this property, and he passed away, and there was a lot of emotional... Um, attachment to it and she wanted to convey some things to the buyer and so she she was pretty adamant about i want to meet the buyer i want to talk to the buyer and i want to pass this on to him and so they allowed that and they allowed them to talk but i wasn't allowed to go in and and you know we're as agents we're not allowed to go in so uh, but an interesting uh story that certainly i've never run into where you know the the the, uh, the day before we do this final walkthrough you get the call and you say hey we have an outbreak of covid in it we don't want you in our unit you know and how do you handle that stuff right well i think you know you you um you obviously got the permissions that you needed to go where you could but yeah i don't i guess i don't really blame the guy for um he can't get out of bed. Jeez. Oh man, how sick are you when you can't get out of bed? Wow. And you know, I and I've been talking about this whole COVID thing where I, I'm, you know, I'm 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 skeptical about it. I guess is the word. You know, and and I think there's a lot of overreach. But but there's a point too where you know he said where this tenant said we've all got it and there's five people in this unit and. Just something came over me where it's like, you know what? I'm not going to push. I'm not pushing the boundaries on this no, anymore. You can't. It's like, you know what? You can and legally you can't anyway. Well, if, they, if they said you're that? not coming in, you're not going in. You know. Well, he said we weren't going to go in, but 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 even going to the building, I felt a little bit of apprehension because you know everybody you know breathing and airborne stuff and everything. So uh, I took I took the precautions and I took it serious. You know, because something came over me to where I was like. I'm not going to push this. You know, I'm not bulletproof. I'm, I'm, and and I. You hear stories about this where this virus or whatever it is affects different people differently. And and I don't want. I didn't. I just didn't want to be one of the people that, if I were going to catch it and it was going to affect me, that I was one of the ones that was it was going to do something bad to. And so, I took. I just. Uh, it was. It was an odd, surreal kind of a situation. Well, so, here I'll give you a new. I'll give you a weird one. Um, I had some people that I met with yesterday who had COVID in like August. They're well over it. They were all masked up, um, and I just I asked them. I said, you, "You can't be that worried about it anymore." And they said, "Well, it hasn't been proven. You can't get it twice, but boy, we don't want it again." That was their reaction. So they were like more careful than a lot of people that have never had it. So I found that very interesting. Yeah. All right, Gary, listen, we're coming up on our first break already. So uh, hang in there and hang in there out there, folks. We're uh, going to come right back. You're tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we will be right back for segment two. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding and Gary Gallagher here from Remax Results. Uh, folks, if you want to reach me anytime for any real estate service, my number is 218-348-7653. And Mr. Callagher, please give out your numbers. You can reach me at 218-390-0615. All right. 
So, um, we've got some new restrictions coming online here in the state of Minnesota this coming Friday. Um, we are recording on Thursday. So let's talk about that, Gary. Well, you know, the restrictions uh, are for the industries that that are not real estate, obviously. And if you remember back to the, uh, the first lockdown as we went back and go back to March, real estate was deemed an essential service right and they didn't they didn't shut us down and so there was an article that was written um, by a gentleman named Graham Wood and this was in the realtor magazine online Um, and he had some really good insight as to why the real estate industry is so critical to our national and local economies And even though uh, our hospitality industry, our bar and restaurant industry, these people are being decimated by not being able to work. And ultimately, it will affect local markets um, on some level, you know, because if you don't if you don't have a house, if you don't if you're not making money, how do you pay your bills? Right. And so what excuse me, what ultimately what happens to help these folks remains to be seen. But. There are uh, several states that they're not letting the real estate agents come into contact with the principals, being the sellers and buyers. Yeah. Okay. And uh, two of the tougher ones are New Mexico and Oregon. And uh, they have uh, apparently have high cases of this COVID-19. And they, um, they said that the real estate community can st- still work. But they they can't come in contact with people, and you have to do things remotely or by phone or what have you. <clears throat> and so there are other states such as Illinois, Michigan, Washington. <clears throat> they have less aggressive rules in place uh, that don't affect the real estate industry. Uh, but their governors are indicating that a full lockdown is likely, which could potentially force real estate pros um, to – Uh, dramatically scale back their business activities. So it's up to each state to decide whether to categorize real estate as essential or not. And uh, last spring, they categorized it as essential. We were allowed to keep working. But the the points that this article uh, came up with, I think were critical. And and you and I have talked about this, Jim. Uh, And when it comes to housing, it's, it's necessary to help consumers with immediate housing needs, such as, for example, pending transactions. Right. Okay. If 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 you've signed a contract and your house is your your process is in the pipeline and, and processing towards a closing, you can't just stop it. So I mean, that has to be fulfilled. They have to be able to go through with that, and and they're going to allow that. One um, of the argument. With the argument against that saying, well, if it's a pending transaction, when is it that we have to come in contact with them, you know, say other than the final walkthrough or other than, you know, because since we're not going to closings anyway, I mean, is there an argument against that? No, there's no argument against it. I mean, I think it's a valid point, but, uh, and I think those things will ultimately get ironed out, but, but also, Jim, I think if you remember one of the conversations you and I had, we talked about this uh, pandemic completely changing 
not only what we do as an industry, but what industry does uh, nationally, internationally, what have you, and what would some of that look like? And if you remember, they were talking about some of the electronic, the, the platforms that people use to, uh, uh, to view things and, and all that stuff and how they had condensed um, uh, or, or come up with the new platforms in a, in a span of like 90 days that could have normally taken three to five years for them to come up with these platforms with remotely viewing houses, with uh, virtual tours. And we've had all those things for a long time. Right, yeah. But, yep. but what they did was allow us to come face-to-face through these different electronic platforms um, uh, to talk to one another or, or whatever. And if you remember California, uh, New York, Illinois, some of these bigger hit cities at the time, uh, there was a lot of, of uh, new technology that just like exploded. And people were able to like, we just, we had to come up with different ways to communicate with one another without being physically with one another. And so I, I think that those are important things uh, to consider. But the other thing, and I think a very big point that this gentleman brought up was that real estate is essential to the future stability of any city or federal economy and that housing is the backbone of the economy and letting it lapse now would make it much harder to rebound in the near future. And when you look at the certain things that are the residual businesses, what we deal with, the financial services, mortgage, title, insurance, uh, 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 your home improvement places that you go shop and buy stuff they've been deemed essential in most states and the driver of all these businesses jim is real estate right which directly supports and facilitates the essential work of all of these residual industries it's very hard to argue with it i mean um we had a show on here a while ago it was like how many uh, how many people are employed by an average real estate transaction, and and it, it kind of blow your mind, you know, um, but, up up the chain. How many yes. people are affected by a real estate transaction in, in employment? So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that it's um it's essential on on so many levels that it's it's hard to say it's not essential. Well, you know, we we've talked about this quite a bit. When you look at the dollar amount that the real estate industry generates through all of its its tentacles, it's in the trillions of dollars, and it's in the hundreds of trillions of dollars. It's a phenomenal amount right. of activity, and, and it's a, phenomic, uh, a phenomenal boost to the economic act- activity of local real estate markets, Jim, and of national real estate markets. And for us to lose, and, I, and I, when I say us, I mean all of us collectively. Right. For us to lose this would would completely devastate our national economy and our local economies. You saw what happened when we went into the housing recession. It started in 2008 and lasted for almost five years. It devastated it devastated us yeah. nationally and locally. And so it's critically important that we keep the real estate economy going we're going to have to change some of the, the ways that we communicate uh, and, and getting to, physically getting together with people, I think, is something that could change. How it will look down the road, I don't know. But we're, we've seen the, um, 
uh, I think, the new arena that we're going to be working in. And the thought of us not attending a closing, to me, is it's a very uneasy feeling. Uh, because you've worked with these people, and in some cases for months, and you become intimately involved with people and the emotions that go on with these things. And it's nice to be able to go and, 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 and get it resolved while you're sitting at the table and then have everybody come together and, and, and get it resolved and everybody goes on. And 90% of the time, 95% of the time, these transactions are great. People walk away, they're all happy, things are fine. To not be able to do that, Jim, is it's a it's very difficult for me. And I and I had this uh, closing uh, earlier this week. And it, an hour went by, and I'm sitting by my phone waiting for somebody to call me because I specifically asked the closure to let me know. I asked the buyer, right. seller, you know, we, please let me know when this is over. Hour goes by, nothing's happening. Hour and twenty minutes, I'm thinking, oh boy, I hope everything's okay. So I emailed the closer and I said, is everything fine? She said, yeah, it's closed, it's fine, and I. Dang it! <laughs> Why didn't you call me? Yeah, no kidding. And right. uh, and so I called the buyers and um, uh, I asked them how everything went, and they said it was great. That they sat there with the seller, the seller was able to convey, you know, to the buyers what she wanted to do, and uh, uh, and it, it worked out really good. But boy, not being involved in that process is, is kind of one of those things to me that I'm like, I I don't care for this. I like to be there. I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, no, I like to be there because it's 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 um. A lot of times it's the, uh, even with these people, you know, um, on the phone, uh, going through houses, uh, via email, via text message, I mean, you have become part of their family and they've sort of become part of yours because you communicate with them so much. And I like to be at the closing because that's the sudden end of, you know, 95% of it. Um you know, they're going to move into their house and get on with their life and, you know, not have to deal with me anymore, <laughs> so to speak. Um, you know, but that's kind of like the ceremonious end to that to that um, very uh, active relationship that's been going on for the last 45 to 60 days or more. So, yeah, I like going to the closing. Um, I used to love, I mean, the big, biggest part, you know... Um, of a closing to me was what my dad always said, you know, look in the eye and shake their hand, you know? Um, yeah. You know, so that was kind of the finality of it. So it's kind of weird when you're not there and you go, did everything go okay? And you go, uh, and I feel guilty. I don't know how you feel. I feel guilty. I go, God, I should have been there. What if there was something that, that they went over that, that the buyer didn't understand or the seller didn't understand and they just all just went over it and I would have injected wait a minute, here's what this means, you know, because I'll do that at a closing. Not, I'm not trying to offend the closer or anything, but I just want everybody to understand what it is they're talking about. Because you and I know that once they start signing all these documents, at some point in time, it looks like their eyes glaze over and just go, just put another one in front of me. Where, where do I sign? You know, and some of these things, it's important that they understand what it is that it's defining for them. You know, what is this disclosing for you? You know, and I think yeah. one of the ones that I go through with a little bit, and, and I'll let you go in, Gary, in a second. One of the ones that I go through a lot is helping them understand their escrow account. You know, if, if you know to understand how it works, how and, and a lot of times the title company does a spectacular job explaining that. I don't need to say another word, right? Um, but you know, there's some other things in there too that um, I like to mention. You know, um, if the closer forgets it or, or, or kind of goes a little bit fast over it. 
you know, just in my own way. And I think it's a very solidifying final act of, of our real estate transaction. Well, I, I, and I agree 100% with you. Uh, and I, I, I think one of the bigger things, and, and you have to remember, your average buyer and your average seller, they don't do this stuff no. every day. And so when they get into these closings and this stuff is being thrown at them, I mean, you've got all kinds of documents and they're trying to, the closers are summarizing, you know, what they're telling them. They're sometimes like a deer with in the headlights. They just don't, they, they're not getting it. They can't process it that quick. And so it's good to be able to explain some of the, the things to the buyer or the seller uh, prior to them going to that closing. That's why, like your settlement statement, for example, right. you can't possibly expect a buyer or a seller to sit in a closing without having seen that thing first and and be able to process what's going on. Some people just don't understand it, you know, just like, oh, okay, thank you, you know, oh, you hey, want me to Gary? sign here? What's my check? How much am I getting? I mean, that's really all they, they're concerned about. Gary, do you, remember what, so, do you remember when they simplified that closing, that settlement statement, and then you and I had to learn it for the first time? <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, I that's do. what it's I'm talking about. I agree different. with you. It's like, are you kidding me? I, I had to look at that thing five times before I'm like, okay, now I get it. And then, you know, sometimes they'll have another one, you know. Uh, anyway, yeah, but I hear what you're saying. But the other big thing, and, and if we're running out of time, let me know. Um, the other we got another four thing minutes. That a, that a seller doesn't, get when they throw these documents in front of them at a closing is the capital gains, you know, determine whether or not you owe capital gains on a property. And the questions, there's a, there's a series of like five or six questions that the closer will ask you and to determine whether or not you have to pay capital gains on a property. And the questions are so awkward and they're, they don't make a lot of sense. I mean, it's a question that is like, uh, true, you have lived. True or false that you have lived in this property for two years out of the last five year period? Or yeah. yes, I have lived in this property for. No, here's what it says: uh, it says true or false. No, I have not. Yes, there you go. <laughs> what true or false? <laughs> no, and, I and have so, not. True or false? So it definitely can be confusing. Well, those capital gains questions are confusing for people, and that's why it's nice for us to be in those closings, Jim. Because nine times out of ten, your your sellers will look at you and you know for some guidance on this, and so it, it, it's those types of things that that I I get concerned about when a seller or a buyer is in and they don't understand something and uh, uh, and I had a recent closing where we couldn't attend and I had a buyer texting me asking me questions. Well, they're in the closing and uh, and so it's it's that kind of stuff that is a little frustrating, but. Um, it is what it is at this point, and we can't. Um, uh, you know, you know Gary, here's we a, certainly can't do anything about here's it. Here's a suggestion point. that maybe some others are using, but I just thought of is um, why couldn't we be in this closing on a speakerphone? That's a great idea. You know, I mean, we could hear everything that's going on. I mean, you know, geez, I don't know why we didn't think of that, but anyway, so that could be that could be one way to be there and to be able to solidify that that ending of this long relationship that we've had in order to find, uh, to, to buy or sell a house, so. Well, I think this potentially has the, uh, uh, it has the possibility that this could completely revolutionize our industry, Jeff. And I don't know how or when, but I think that we've seen some big changes in our industry this year. I agree. And I think we could continue to see that. And I think these, these closings, 
could be one of the things that is 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 ripe for some type of a change yep, and there you go. And, how, and how they do it and and if if you remember if you know a lot of uh, closing companies like to have blue ink when people sign their right. documents especially the buyers the lenders require that all right Gary, um, we got we got to cut it off right there because we got to take a hard break here so all right folks you're tuned in the twin ports real estate show we'll be right back Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding and Gary Callagher here every Saturday from 12 to 1 on KDAL. Uh, if you want to reach me for any real estate needs, my number is 218-348-7653. And Mr. Callagher, give out your digits. New one, 218-390-0615. All right. And just to finally uh, kind of end on that last thought, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I think that um, COVID is going to change the way closings are done. It's changed them already, but um, I think we're going to have a lot of different uh, tools and a lot of things in our little toolbox that are going to help us with uh, situations in the future. It'll be interesting to see how it all evolves, Jim, but we'll uh, we'll certainly keep everybody tuned in to these types of changes when they happen. All right, we got to talk about the Cozy and the St. Regis Apartments because, wow, it's like Real Estate Headlines 101. Well, Jim, you can't see me right now, but I'm shaking my head. <laughs> and I, you know, earlier this week, the, uh, and the another report came out that the St. Regis apartments were condemned for habitation. And if you don't know where those are, they're right up across the alley from the, the old Cozy Bar. And if you don't know who owns it, it's the same owner that owned the Cozy. And they, um, they've completely vacated it. There's no heat. I, I, I the article that, I read about it. Said he owes fifty one thousand in back taxes on it, and and I, I'm reading through this article in the News Tribune this week, and I and and they had been publishing this earlier that there was distress and that they had a, a, a news report about this that the people were being you know forced to move out because they couldn't pay for the utilities and they're shutting the utilities off. But you know what, Jim? At some point, and I'm, I don't want to sit here and bash this guy. You know, I, I, I just, that's just not the kind of stuff I like to do. But at some point, you, you, when people run businesses and owning real estate apartments, residential income, they're businesses. You know, that's what they right. are. If you don't have the capacity to run a business or know how to to run it, maybe you shouldn't do it. And I don't know if you, you've watched over the years, uh, you know, annually the, the uh, St. Louis County publishes the uh, tax forfeited properties, who's all, who hasn't paid taxes. They put it in, in the paper. Right, exactly. I've this seen that. This individual is consistently in there. He's always in there for not paying taxes. So my, when I think about this, I'm like, why does somebody get into this industry, real estate, if they can't run their businesses like they're made to be run? I mean, we all have owned uh, rental properties in right. real estate. The majority of us have. And I couldn't for the life of me uh, feel good about myself and my family and running a property and not paying my bills. Well, or how I, about I just this? don't I wouldn't feel good about it, Jim. And yeah. how do people continually do this and and run these things into the ground? And, and just finally say to themselves, you know what? I'm not meant for this. Like, it's time for me to get up. But when does that happen? 
Well, I think the thing with Rings Red is, is that here he is. He's <clears throat> now his attorney is his own son, and they're saying that you know the cozy. Let's. I'm just going to start there and then go into a rant from there. The the cozy is um, caught fire again, and they're throwing blame at the city for not you know buttoning up the building better. And I'm like, dude, you're the one that didn't take care of it in the first place to get it, you know, to get it, um, you know, uninhabitable. And and you just placed, I mean, there was tenants in the cozy too, right? Yes. Yeah. Displaced those tenants because you didn't take care of the building and plus you didn't pay your taxes and now you're doing it again. Okay, you he care. He didn't have insurance on the building. Right, but he you didn't care about insurance. You, you care about the building to me more than you care about the people that you're collecting rent from. You know, I, I just I, I think he's a joke. I'm sorry, but I, I just I think I think he's totally a joke and um, very uh, hypocritical in the way that he thinks. So, well, I listen. I had that listing of the St. Regis Apartments when he bought it. Okay. And I was the listing agent on what was it. The, what was the condition then? It was 60-40. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was running. They were behind on some bills, but it, it was running. And I don't, it don't, don't know if you remember when the city bought out um, uh, the, the, the person that bought it. Oh, no. uh, he, he owned the, the North Shore Hotel. He owned the Temple Opera Building down there. On Superior Street, okay. uh, between Second uh, and Third Avenue East, yep. and the city, the city bought them out like two point six million dollars, whatever the number was. So, so he ran around buying real estate with with the the proceeds that he got from that sale. And the St. Regis was one of the buildings he bought. Right. A- and we had a, a um, not a difficult process, but the the people had had owned it were absentee, and and they had owned it for a number of years. And that was running, albeit it was a bumpy ride for them, and, and there were several units that, that needed repair. But to see what's happened to this thing over the years, because I thought, well, this guy's going to come in, you know, he's got some money, he's going to do some improvements, but he didn't do anything. And, uh, and, and now to see this thing condemned for habitation, to me, is just, it's a shame. Uh, because these buildings can be fixed. I mean, with the exception of the cozy and some of these rundown buildings, well, but Some of these buildings this, can be repaired. Guy, I mean, you can wait, you can take care of them. But wait a minute. This guy goes in there. He's a slumlord. He he doesn't pay any of his bills. He doesn't pay his taxes. He doesn't make improvements. He collects rent. I'm sure. You, you know, um, to me, that's a slumlord. And now, when when all this stuff is going to be falling apart, like the cozy, he says, "Oh, it's a shame. The building is in disrepair, and and somebody needs to fix it." Uh, it's not going to be me, but you know, I'll fight in court to make sure that somebody has to fix it. And give me a break; it's just tiring. He should well, have never owned think, these buildings in the first place, because obviously he's not a responsible man. I I agree with you. I mean, when it comes to owning real estate and running it for profit, there are some people that shouldn't do it, and I do I do agree with you that he should reconsider his his uh, real estate career because he's not doing well and to continually be in I would be so embarrassed I hope he's I a better doctor like him. <laughs> well <laughs> in, in any event it's a shame that we have to deal with this stuff and it's, it's consistently uh, the individuals that 
that do this stuff, I, I think they should just get out of the business, you know, go do something else that you're good at because this isn't right that you hold the city hostage. It's this bad of a look for our, our business districts that uh, there's no excuse for this. So I hope it gets rectified. I hope somebody buys that building and they can come in and they can take care of it. I hope they tear the cozy down. Yeah, and then one of the one of the one of the comments in this thing about the cozy. Did you hear what they said? They no. said, "Well, why don't they shrink wrap it like they're shrink wrapping the or enclosing in the essential medical campus?" Oh boy! <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, "Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're going to shrink wrap a whole building?" Gosh, to- the bubble that was <laughs> formerly known as the cozy. Oh my lord! Well, you know the thing, you know, it catches fire, and and they they go immediately to blaming the city for not taking responsibility for the building that he never took responsibility for for years. Ugh. No, I, and, it drives and so me nuts. I think there was some yeah. type of an emergency meeting this past week, and boy, I hope they put the boom to that thing and they just get that thing leveled and and let's move on from it, you know. Uh, stop holding the city hostage on this stuff. Um, well, you know what, for this particular building. And, and let's let's just say let's just say that this gets it's thrown around in court again and again and again. And while they're in the middle of um, trying to get it so that it's safe, that somebody wanders into there, you know, I mean, there are homeless people in Duluth. It's maybe a little colder or warmer in there than it is outside. It catches fire again, and you know, heaven forbid, somebody perishes. Then, yeah. then what's the liability? Then how does Mister Rings Red feel? Do you know what I mean? I mean, give me a break. It's a, it's a, it's a health hazard. You know, it's yeah. But anyway, well, in any event, Jim, it's it's a black eye on the city. We've got to get it resolved somehow. I hope. I, I wish the city. You know, these courts sometimes are. They don't make a lot of sense in their uh, in their process, their decision making, and whatever. And I think that these local municipalities. Uh, you know, with the judge that ruled that it should come down, they should be able to, like, you know, prevail in that stuff. And they should have the final say on it because a statewide uh, judicial system doesn't live in the locals, doesn't live in the localized situation that they're right. in. And these things affect the local communities. And a local judge should have the ability to say, you know what, it's coming down. And bottom line, case closed. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And then, and then when they get the green light again, man, don't hesitate. Have it start the next morning, just so that it'll <laughs> it can't go into question again. So, all right, Gary, why don't you give out your phone number one more time? We're coming up here on another break. Two one eight three nine zero zero six one five. And my phone number is two one eight three four eight seven six five three. And uh, we will be back for our last final segment of the Twin Ports Real Estate Show for this week. When we come back right after this short break, thank you so much for listening to us for over the years. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning and Gary Callagher here from Remax Results. All right, Gary, why don't you give us an update on uh, what the interest rates are doing? Well, uh, the mortgage interest rates, Jim, are uh, another thing I keep shaking my head at because uh, they're just phenomenal. They are. And earlier this week, they've been they've been hovering right around the, that two point six two five. They bumped up to two point seven five a couple a week ten days ago. I saw them as low as two and a half. 
But at the end of the day, these 30-year, 20-year, and 15-year uh, conventional fixed-rate mortgages are are they they're helping the real estate community. They let are. me just say that. I get really excited when I start talking about. Let, this let me ask you a question. Um, I sort of thought that the interest rates would go up a little bit at least after the election. Uh, what were your thoughts? Did you think the same thing would happen? Well, I I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I I we've been anticipating mortgage rates going up for so long that I'm, I know I, I'm just shaking my head, you know, watching and, and waiting for something to happen. But but my gosh, talk about. Uh, the real estate economy nationally and locally, this doesn't hurt it. And I hope they don't go up. I hope they stabilize and people are able to just enjoy the cost of money. Because we talk about markets, Jim, is it a seller's market or a buyer's market? And, and, and that's always a buzzword for people, you know? Right. Uh, and I don't think we've ever talked about a market that's good for both buyers and sellers. Right. And th- this is that market. Yeah, We're I think you're right. Market. I think you're right. It's uh, yeah, and I think again, you know, where where we have appreciated nicely, we haven't gone crazy like some of the others, some of the other cities that in the recession crazily fell. You know, so again, I think the Twin Ports is a, a stable market of appreciation. Well, it, it is, and it's good to see that, and so I hope it continues, and I hope our real estate economy, everybody recognizes that the importance of it. So a local economy is is just critical with, with like we talk about mortgage title insurance, uh, your home improvement places, uh, real estate it drives economies, Jim. And locally here, I think it's evident uh, that this is a very healthy market in, in the Twin Ports and surrounding communities. And I hope it stays that way. Yep, I agree. Okay, so United Healthcare, we got about another minute and a half here. We wanted to talk about the building up there um, off know, of Arrowhead. United Healthcare, um, a number of years ago, built that facility and it was completely stocked with their workers. But because of the pandemic, you, we all know what happened. And I think you made a good comment earlier where you said United Healthcare was one of the first companies that you remember that did remote workers. People could work from home. Right. And I think the pandemic created more of that and it opened up their, the, the uh, office space that they had. They didn't need it anymore. So there's a developer coming in. They're going to do a $16 million renovation, and they're going to get all these like medical services up there. United Healthcare is still going to occupy the second floor. But I think this is a great thing. I don't know right. how you feel about it, but boy, oh, boy, what a great idea. Well, what a medical community we have. I mean, we're very blessed by, by that. I think that that is um, often, you know, we talk about tourism in Duluth and stuff. I, I actually think the medical community brings a lot of people into Duluth and Superior as well. That's for sure. So it just proves, I think, that the medical community in the Twin Ports is a very healthy and uh, vibrant business in addition to taking care of people. So. Yep, it definitely happens. And, uh, Jim, I know we're running out of time, but I just want to remind people, uh, next, a couple interesting things that we can talk about in, in the coming weeks. I uh, want to talk about elevators and residential housing. It's very rare. And, and I still think, Jim, I've seen more people coming in from California buying houses yeah. in this market this year we can talk than about that before. We can talk about that for a large segment because I've got other states that have the same thing going on that I've talked to other realtors. So, All right, Gary, why don't you give out your phone number one last time before we head out? 218-390-0615. 
And my number is 218-348-7653. You've been listening to Jim and Gary on the Twin Ports Real Estate Show from Remax. And we're so happy that you've been listening to us for all these years. We just really appreciate that everybody loves our little real estate show. Thanks again, everybody, and have a great weekend.